Hello and welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. The sound of A is still in the air for one more week. This week we are going to get to the sound of A as in anthrax. And with me to do that is the resident expert on anthrax. (laughs) Actually, the resident expert is under the weather right now. Um, but I have Kirsty Prince from Perth, Australia on the line with me to discuss the Anthrax album Stomp 442. Kirsty, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you going? Pretty good, pretty good. I, I don't I feel like I slept more than four hours, but I don't think I did, so that's okay though, because when the sound of A is in the air, I'm up for it, so so yeah, Anthrax Stomp 442. This album was released in uh, October 24th of 1995. Back when I was still buying Anthrax albums on release. Uh, so Kirsty, what was your introduction? Or what's your history been like with Anthrax? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Don't tell me it was listening right to this album last week. This job. <laughs> Not quite, um, but nearly. Uh, when I got Iron Maiden compilation album in 87 there wasn't any thrash on it and I didn't know anyone who listened to thrash and I thought it would be too heavy for me mm-hmm. which is really funny because you wouldn't even think it was that heavy now mm-hmm. yeah. and I can't remember hearing Anthrax before Bring the Noise came out Okay. and I mean I surely would have done they would, must have been on the Friday rock show and maybe I did hear them and it didn't grab me sure Um. so but um, I really like Bring the Noise. I still play that a lot to this day. Mm. And I like Got the Time, and I bought Persistence of Time, which mm. is funny because that was the album you suggested doing first like last year. Mm-hmm. And that would have been very handy. Um, and instead, I've got this album that I had never heard, and what? it wasn't on Spotify. And oh, I had no. to listen to it on YouTube. <laughs> so it was a bit tricky. Um, I don't play a lot of Anthrax. I'll, I'll bung them on while I'm doing the cleaning to get my cleaning done fast. Um, but they don't usually make it, they don't usually get to driving status in my house. So I'll, I'll do my best to talk about them with you. <laughs> so that, that was this week's The Trooper Moment of the Week by Kirsty. I had to listen on YouTube. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you were the trooper and you did that. I, well, I, I had to get YouTube music so that I could play it without interruptions. With yeah. my apps closed. Yeah, did you did you get a free uh, a free month or something? My free month, yes. Yeah, I'm on a free month of it right now too. So, I quite like it. I think if I was going to subscribe to one of them, it would be YouTube. I think you just get more with YouTube. Mm. You can, any you can get any concert you want, pretty much any tour by any band is going to be on YouTube. Any album, any just about anything. So, uh, me, I, let's see. I got into Anthrax. I remember my cousin going to see Anthrax and Metal Church. Metal Church with their first singer, not with my cow. But I remember him going to see them in 1980. Gosh, it would have been the Among the Living Tour. And that came out in 85, I believe. 86. So it was, oh no, 86. So he saw them. He actually saw them in Dallas the night if, if, if you ever have heard the I'm the Man EP that they put out with some live recordings on it, my cousin was at that show. That was the night they recorded it in Dallas. And um, 
Did I mention trying to go see Don Dawkin last week on the episode? Or was that on the Waffle? You mentioned it on the Waffle Zone. That was the same venue that they recorded that. was the venue that I went to go see Don Dawkin at where he'd canceled. So, Um, but... The Arcadia Theater. Not anyone wants to know that or cares, but that's where it is. So, but he went to that. So he had Among the Living at the time. And I remember hearing Among the Living, and this is in the, you know, I really wasn't into thrash, you know, um, at all. I was still listening to, you know, like Inside the Electric Circus and Asylum by Kiss. And, you know, I was definitely into, you know, and in Maiden, of course, but, you know, among the livings of was a very fast, heavy album. And I wasn't into it, but I started listening to it, you know, some, because my cousin would be playing it a lot and it, it kind of, it grew on me a little bit, but then they put out the, I'm the man EP, which had, I'm the man studio version. It had a censored and uncensored version. It had a live version, which was funny. It had, um, a studio version of Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. And I'll, I'll admit that was the first time in my life I ever heard the song Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath was hearing Anthrax do it. I, I think their version is really, it's when Anthrax does covers, they tend to do them pretty close to the vest. I guess they yeah, say. Yeah, I, I heard um, Remember Tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, they do that their. That was very good. Very yeah, that, close as well. Yeah. So that's, so that was the first time I heard that, but, and then they had a couple of live songs. I think they had a, uh, well, they had Cotton Amash and maybe I Am The Law on there as well that were live. So, but I really liked the rap song because it was a rock and roll rap song. And it, it was a good, it was an easy introduction into Anthrax. Like it was easy to kind of enjoy them because they were doing something that was fun. The lyrics were funny. And uh, after that, the next thing they put out was State of Euphoria. And by the time that came out, I was a fan by that point. And... Of course, on the State of Euphoria tour, I saw them twice. Uh, one time, they opened for Iron Maiden. Uh, that was the show me and uh, Outback Mark attended together. May have sat right next to each other. We don't. We just don't know. In uh, Dallas, Texas. Oh it's fa- incredible. Yeah. That was at the Fair Park Coliseum. And then I also saw Anthrax, which this makes uh, Matthew jealous, because it was the Headbangers Ball Tour. And the Headbangers Ball Tour was opened by Exodus, which we've we've discussed Exodus a little bit. I'm definitely not a fan. Uh, cannot musically, I think they're pretty pretty awesome, but vocally, I just never I've never heard them with a vocalist I can stand. Um, the second band was um, what's the word on the street? They were the um, Wish.com version of Iron Maiden. Uh, Halloween was the second band. <laughs> I know Matt always likes that one. Hey, Matt, you don't like it? Well, baby, that's tough. (laughs) And then the third band, of course, was Anthrax, and they were on the State of Euphoria tour. So that was a really, it was a cool show, because at the time I was into Halloween. You know, I was into, like, they had, uh, I think it was The Keeper of the Seven Keys Part 2 was probably out. And I remember it had, like, uh, I Want Out and Dr. Steen. Yeah, that would have been a good time Yeah, to go and see all of that. Yeah, and I know I know Gen would be jealous about that too. Mm. So um, I saw them on that tour. Uh, I believe I saw them on the Persistence of Time tour. I'm trying to remember who that would have been with. I saw them. You know what? Wait a minute. Ninety. 
No, I'm sorry. When I saw them open, when Maiden, when they opened for Maiden, they were on the Persistence of Time tour. I saw them opening for Ozzy on State of Euphoria. They, uh, that was at Reunion Arena. And then with, uh, with, um, it was Fair Park Coliseum with, uh, Mark. I believe that's right. Because it was the No Prayer for the Dying tour for Maiden. Yeah, yeah. That would have had to have been 90. So, yeah. And uh, let's see. After that, they ended up getting rid of uh, Joey. John Bush came in. I saw them once for sure with with John. It was a show. I don't remember who was there. It was White Zombie and Anthrax. I do remember that much. It seems like there was a third band that I can't remember that was probably a decent band. I'd have to look that up on Last FM or something, but... But yeah, I saw that tour as well, uh, and that's the last time I ever saw Anthrax live, I believe. I might have seen them again one more time, but I haven't seen them ever again with Joey since they got did the reunion. I've never seen any of those shows. Um, I wanted, I would like to go see them if they came back now. I think I would definitely try to. I would love to hit them and catch them one more time. So, but I, I stayed into Anthrax for a while, and I kind of just fizzled off, you know, after Stomp Four Four Two came out. I remember really liking that when it first came out. And then I didn't hear anything they did for a, I didn't hear anything they did for probably when was the next thing I heard? Probably when they did worship music, which was, uh, gosh, what year was that? Worship music came out in, um, 2011. So I really didn't. Yeah. I wish I could help you. Um, (laughs) yeah, I I have it here. They're still going though, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They're still still putting out music. Yeah. Their last album came out in 2016. So, um, yeah, I heard but, a song from the day. It was quite good. Okay. Um, Bloody Eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard it. So but... watch the video. It's really scary. Oh, you know what? I think I did watch that. Oh, is that the zombie one? No, it's um, it's like a dungeon and everyone's getting tortured horribly and killed. Oh, yeah. You know what? I I think I heard some of You know what? I, there, Anthrax did a documentary in the last few years. That like it's like a twenty five part documentary or whatever, and mm-hmm. it goes through their entire history. I mean, they interview everybody from their first lead singer, their original bass player, you know, who ended up getting kicked out by the original lead singer and ended up forming Nuclear Assault, uh, Dan Lilker. But it talks about it talks to everybody. I mean, it, it's just so many. It's very interesting. The only person they didn't talk to was some guy named Dan Nelson, who was I don't even think they addressed that to be honest. Uh, where they were going to record after John Bush and after Joey Bell, they got Joey Belladonna back when they did the reunion. Then they got John. I think John Bush was going to come back and then he did for a short time. And then he was just like, I'm not into this. I don't want to record an album. And then they found this guy, Dan Nelson, who there's live footage of him out there singing some of these songs. I watched it and I really didn't care for the guy. So uh, they eventually ended up getting Joey back in the band, thank God. And uh, like I said, they've been going on now for going on, what, 13 years now? So that's pretty amazing, really, the history of the band and how they kicked Joey out at the time. And, you know, it was pretty it was pretty crappy the way they did it, too. But all in all, this album came out in 1995. Let's get back to this. I'm kind of waffling on here about it. Mm-hmm. The band on this album was uh, John Bush on vocals, Scott Ian on rhythm guitars, a little bit of lead, uh, Charlie Benante on drums and lead guitar, 
Frank Bello on bass. Uh, there's a lot of people that, uh, a few people that played lead guitars on the album. Um, Danny Spitz had played on the prior album, but he didn't continue after one album with John Bush, which is kind of a shame. But they were kind of going in a direction where they weren't doing nearly, like these guitar solos on the album, they're all really short, I think I noticed. Mm. And, yeah, um, they are. But they're all they're good, but they're just short. And you know, I, I imagine being the lead guitar player, and you know, you're used to doing some short solos. But I imagine if the whole album's going to be that, then you're probably just like, eh, no thanks. But whatever reason he left, let's see here. Uh, what some little a couple of facts about this album? Um, Paul Crook, uh, he did most of the he did a lot of the lead guitars, and he really wasn't listed as a band member. But I believe he's the one who was playing live shows with him at the time. Um, it. On the album, and and I, last week I had Dada, I had vinyl. This week I have a CD of Stomp Four Four Two. So I have the little, the little. Um, let's see here if you can hear it. The booklet, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it said all music was written by Charlie Benante. Uh, the lyrics were written by Scott Ian and John Bush. Then it says the melodies. I thought this was interesting. The melodies were written by Scott, John, uh, Frankie Bello, and Charlie. So. Now, okay. one interesting thing uh, about... Oh, okay. The album cover. We'll get to the album cover. This is the only Anthrax album cover to not feature their logo. It just says Anthrax at the bottom in just kind of plain, like kind of bold face, plain writing. It's it's really crappy looking, I think, it, compared to their... Yeah. They, it's, not, it's not very impressive at all, is it? Yeah. You know, and the logo, the logo just, yeah, it's just, it's a good thing. It'd be like if Iron Maiden had an album where it just said Iron Maiden written in the bottom left corner because Anthrax has a cool logo. And then... Bob uh, would be outraged if that happened, wouldn't I we? know. Yeah. Or <laughs> if they just had an album cover with the band on it standing there, you know? Mm-hmm. Or maybe if they had an album cover with a big ball of garbage and a naked guy with his ass there holding a stick. <laughs> Is he supposed to be like a Native American guarding the ball or something? Oh, yeah, maybe there is some actual meaning to it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think about that? There is a little bit more meaning coming, though. So I will say that, and 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 pun totally intended, that Anthrax dropped the ball with this album cover. Mm-hmm. But this album cover was originally not meant for Stomp 442, which came out, what year did I say? 1995. This album cover Kirsty was actually meant for another album that came out but in 1994 an album that was originally going to be titled Laughing in the Hiding Bush an, an album originally called or actually called Balls to Picasso and um what has even that picture got to do with laughing in a hiding bush either? I have no idea. Or anything. I have no idea. Um I like what I like what Bruce Dickinson went with in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the funny thing is is if you go to Wikipedia, there's actually a mention of this album cover by uh, Bruce Dickinson. And and here here's what it says. Uh it, I'll just read what it says. There says uh and the album's cover gained controversy when retailer Walmart refused to stock it in the stores because of a naked man standing next to a giant ball of garbage. 
So a giant ball of garbage. Keep that in mind when you hear this. Um, in 1996, Bruce Dickinson revealed that the original design uh, for the cover art um, for Balls to Pic- uh, for his album Balls to Picasso. Mm-hmm. Oh, this album was done for his album Balls to Picasso originally to be titled Laughing in the Hiding Bush, but he couldn't afford it. <laughs> he couldn't aff- afford to buy an album full of <laughs> a, a, a picture of a naked man with a ball of garbage. I Maybe mean, he could, and he just realized it wasn't worth the money. Crap! Yeah, I, I could have swear though that he thought it was a really cool cover, like that he said that, and I'm pretty yeah, sure Anthrax. Okay. Anthrax thought that when they saw that it was a really cool, they were like, it was an amazing cover. And I'm just like, what the hell are they talking about? You know? But then here's what it says. His album's title was changed and he drew two squares on a toilet wall for the cover. <laughs> yes. So that pretty much sums up the balls to Picasso album cover as well. So I thought that was pretty funny though, to, uh, that I'm reading about this and I knew, I knew I'd heard that before, but it was just, I, I, I had heard that before back in the day, but actually completely vanished from my mind. Very good. Very good. So I got to yeah. shock you. I, mean, I don't remember everything. Yeah. You know, that's, that's really, that's really surprising that you just said it that way, that you don't remember everything. We all know that you remember, even Brandon knew that you remembered everything. <laughs> he was on. So I'm sure you told him. I did. I definitely told him that. So this album, um, like I said, it came out. Let me open my little booklet. It came out in 1995, almost at the end of it. You know, grunge was a big thing. This is the last album they did on Electra Records because they had signed. Um, before they kicked Joey out of the band, they signed, I believe, like a hundred million dollar deal with Electra Records. And. Then they didn't let the record label know they were getting rid of their singer, <laughs> which was a little sneaky thing they did. Um, I kind of wonder what this did to them financially, you know, if they had to repay after, you know, getting cut after two albums. But I, I don't know if they left or if they got cut. I can't remember the story, but they said basically that I think there were changes at the record label is what it was. And their person that got them there left. They restructured. And so this album got zero promotion, you know, and which, which sucks because um, the sound of what noise was a good album and it got heavy promotion. And then this one I thought was a good follow-up <clears throat> and it just didn't get uh, the promotion it deserved. But all that said, they left there and then the next years were just tumultuous for them. You know, they got onto a record label that folded. I think they literally released certain amount of copies of the album and then, then they got a call saying, hey, the record label went bankrupt. Whatever came out, that's all that's coming out. <laughs> so they, they didn't have any, they didn't have some good luck with record labels. And yeah, after- it was difficult times, wasn't it, for them? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they eventually bounced back. And, I mean, they're doing really well now, which is, you know, it's always good. Like, just like the, the thought of it being 2023, Anthrax is working on a new album. Metallica just re- released a new album. You know, it's 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 good that these that these bands from our youth are still putting stuff out. You know, including Iron Maiden. So, yeah. So let's get into the album and let's talk about the songs. Matthew was supposed to be here. Um, he 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 was uh he's under the weather this morning. So um, we hope he feels get better well soon, Matt. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. I wish you were here. Yeah, um, but for everything that you've done for us, Matt. Thanks a lot. So the first song we're going to get into here, 
I know Matt appreciates that. He didn't appreciate it earlier on the phone, but he appreciates it. He only hears this, hopefully. Hopefully he's feeling good enough. And if he's not mm. feeling any better, baby, that's tough. <laughs> uh, I wish I had all these things written down so I could just say them all to Matt. All to throw them all out there and, um, you know. So anyway, get well, get well soon, Matthew. So. Random Acts of Senseless Violence. That's the title of the first song, Kirsty. And yes, it is. I, I want to at least say who every one of the songs at the end has a little bit of writing where it tells who did certain things. So I want to at least read those because I didn't want to trust Wikipedia. It says that there's a Morse code guitar on this song played by Charlie Benante. And the main solo in this song was p- played by Paul crook and i gotta add charlie benante like he's like the i think of the thrash you know the big thrash drummers he's like one of the absolute best and he's also an amazing guitar player too so makes you wonder if he can sing (laughs) Mm. think Kirsty of random acts of senseless violence well i thought this was a banger um exciting intro and uh, it comes in with some feedback and then a guitar sound a bit like a siren so that's really cool and uh, it's nice and heavy yeah the verses have got really great energy the guitars are heavy. And when they go yeah that's really cool and there's some really nice vocals on the melodic chorus. It's quite anthemic. And I like the spoken bit when it goes from one ear to the other, saying random acts of science is violence. Yeah. And I like when he screams violence and it goes on really long. Yeah, yeah. You can do that for us. Mm. And I thought the solo was really good. That fit the song very well. And the drums are just incredible. Oh, yeah. On the last verse, they, they change up, but in a really fantastic way. And it keeps it exciting until the end. Everything about this song is good. And when I heard this, I was really happy that we were doing this album. All right. That's good. That's good to know. I This song has always just, like you said, it, it kicks in 
like there's the feedback and I mean, it kicks in hard. And when, when he starts singing, he sounds angry and it's very aggressive. And I'm like, um, as, as uh, if Matthew was here, I know he would probably say, if this song doesn't make you move, you need to check your pulse. Cause, um, yeah. I mean, this is just, I, I've loved this song. And man, you, if you're angry or just have some aggression going on, you turn this on, you're going to be moving your body so hard that you're going to get that aggression out. Um, I love the verses in this song. I love the chorus. Like I said, John Bush's voice is just, it's, it's oh, so good. It's perfect. Uh, the guitar solo, it's, it's a, it's quick, it's wild, it's screaming. Uh, overall, I mean, the song, it just hits hard. It hits fast and it just doesn't let up the whole time. I mean, it's just, uh, call it a banger. It's just, it's amazing. It's, it's so, and, and then I'll, I'll go out, you know, I'm, I'm the lyric guy here. So I'll go over some of these lyrics yes. that, I, that I thought were kind of cool. Um, I like, uh, where he says, um, they wanted sympathy. Now that's a bit much. How much do you show? How much take the value of one human life and place it all right down on a roll of a dice. Um, one, two, three for the pain you bring. And then I didn't understand what this line meant. This next one, maybe you can, uh, give me a little bit of interpretation. Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, one, two, three for the pain you bring. I'm the bird without the left wing. What does that mean? Is it talking political? Maybe it could be political. Yeah. yeah. They do. They do say left wing when they talk about politics. I don't really. Yeah, I didn't really try, pay too much attention to the lyrics because sometimes it can, um, <laughs> sometimes it can ruin it for you, can it? Yeah, yeah, it can. But I, I just like the, uh, I, I really, really like just how, um, how aggressive this song is. I mean, it's mm. you turn this album on and there's no question that you're listening to Anthrax. You know, I mean, it's it's, and like I said, the drums are amazing, the guitars are amazing. That that guitar solo is just. Like I said, it's just that guitar is just kind of, it almost reminds you, and I know a lot of people don't like Yannick, but it reminds you of a Yannick solo in a way, because it's just really, it's just kind of, yeah, it's, it's really frantic, crazy. you know, and crazy, but it's just, and it's just screaming. And it sounds, it's, yeah, as I say, that fits it perfectly. Yeah, it's really good. I like it really good. So yeah, I like this song a lot. Um, mm. The next song is called Fueled. Fueled.
This one also starts with a really, really heavy riff, and it kicks in really hard and fast again. Um, I think they said this song's about drinking. You know, one, the one line where he says, uh, he says, turning Jekyll into Hyde much quicker. So I kind of assume that there's some drinking references there. That's kind of what that means. Um, and like I said, it's another another song where it's just very aggressive. Um, I, I like the line where he says, you know, during the chorus where it says like 14 years, a whole lot border and I don't flinch. I think it's a pretty cool. Uh, there's a riff that plays after the chorus. That's just really, really wicked sounding. It's just so cool. Mm. Um, I like this bit. I like the the lyric where he says, he says, it's like a war inside of me. I'm good. I'm evil. Two sides of the coin. And I've been blessed with both on one hand. I envy, but I don't like it. I guess it's the nature of the way things work. And I just like, that's, that's so just like such a true lyric, you know, uh, we all have kind of a, uh, you know, we all have that yin and yang inside of us that, uh, like the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other, you know, kind of, which one are you going to go with kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, now, earlier on in Anthrax's career, the the word not, if you've ever heard, you know, I'm the man, you know yes. how it's that, doom, 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 not. So, but there is one bit in this song where he says, uh, he says, he says, not, he says, sings a line and he says something, 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 not, not. And he screams the word not. And I thought, mm. I thought that was very particularly done on purpose because of that used to be Anthrax's little uh, key phrase. Um, then there's a bit at, okay, at the very end of the song where he says like one, two, three, four. I think he says, I expose the smoking gun. And it's like, and it's real heavy. And he just keeps going. It's just the nature of the way things work. It's just the nature. And it's just so, it's so heavy when it's slowed down. But uh, anyway, I think, I, I don't think I have any more lyrics I wanted um, that, uh, let me, uh, let me just go here. Yeah. He says a shot of petrol is my bona fide method to lose control and get thoroughly distracted. I didn't know that's what he said. I thought he said, and put third into second. <laughs> I thought he was talking about shifting gears. Um, oh. Yeah. See, that just shows you, uh, I don't know the that's lyrics it. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to, but he says, uh, fort, he says, uh, kickstart and turn me over punched drunk, but I'm still sober 14 years, a whole lot bolder. And I don't flinch hungry. And I'll take the best. Cause I never wanted anything less. What only kills me. What doesn't kill me makes me stronger. So yeah, there's some interesting lyrics here. So all in all though, I do like this song and it's a really, it's a really, it's, it's like, it's like, it's a good one, two punch to open the album. So, uh, what do you think of fueled? Uh, I really like the intro, like you said. Um, it's a bit of a rap style on the verses, which I don't mind at all. Uh, I really like the way he sings I'm on the money. Yeah. Um, the chorus, that was a grower for me. I wasn't too sure at first. It wasn't like when I heard Random Acts of Senseless Violence, I, I just loved it immediately. Yeah. And I, I wasn't sure about this one, but every single time I've played it, I've liked it more. Yeah, good. Um, it sounds really fun, even though you've just read those lyrics, um, and it's <laughs> yeah. very catchy. The drums on this uh, song are fantastic. They're definitely the best thing about this song. Okay. To me, but um, I, I thought you would have gone into that more because they're they're very interesting. There's all these stops and starts and things. Yeah, uh, I like that section after the solo when it slows down, but it's. Very, very quick section, unfortunately. It doesn't yeah, last long yeah, at all. Yeah, that's the only part bad about it. I like the, the, 
they went it's the nature of the way things work not as well i've written that down um it's a it's a fun upbeat song Uh, it seems to go really quickly which is good yeah yeah so yeah i I like it a lot more now yeah the drums when i first played it there is that one part of the drums that as soon as you mentioned it i'm thinking of where it's like where he's like, he does. I mean, Charlie's drumming is like, it's a, there's a certain point on one of these songs where I just wrote, holy crap, the drums are just amazing on every song, you know? Just, and, yeah, I think that's probably all we need to say, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's really are so good, every song. Yeah, I mean, of the, you know, when there was the big four, you know, the, I always, Charlie's always been my favorite of those four. Like, you know, whoever was in Megadeth at the time, back in the day, uh, Lars Ulrich, Dave Lombardo. He's really good. Lombardo's really good. But to me, Charlie's like, to me, Charlie's the best of all of them. He does the, mm. he's the most intricate, which for me, I, there's no way I could play anything he plays because I can't play like, like I could probably play a little bit of what Lars plays, you know? So, yeah. you know, because it's a little more simple, but, uh, and Lars is good too. You know, he does what a song needs, which I, I'm not a Lars hater on the drums either. I, I, I respect what he does as well. Uh, I think, I think all the Lars hate that ever comes out, it's, it's like, it's fashionable. It's fashionable yeah, to I, not I like Lars. On, yeah. It's just stupid, <laughs> but yeah, Charlie, but his drumming, I mean, if I don't mention it in a song, it, I don't, it's not because I don't love the drumming. I just, he's an, yeah, he's so mm. amazing. Like I said, he's, and, and as good as he is on drums, he writes all the riffs for their songs and stuff. He's just, he's oh, amazing. No, like he wrote it. all the music on the entire album. Every guitar, you know, all the riffs and the songs are written by him. So mm. it's like, wow. He, he is just like a multi, super talented guy. And he, and he does a lot of art. He's an artist too. He does a lot of cool art. He's just a, he's really, He's kind of a jack of all trades and he's a master of all of them. So, so, all right. So that brings us to track number three, which is King Size. Kirsty, what do you think of King Size? Um, I think there's a really great riff in the intro. Yeah. Um, this one's fast and heavy as well. But they most of the songs on this album are fast and heavy. Yeah. I uh, started to notice the '90s vibe on this song. Okay. Uh, the guitars under the chorus are nice, and the build-up before the solo is really good. And the solo is very exciting. And who did the solo on this one? Oh, you know what? I didn't read the solo from the last one either. So let me um, let me look here. Uh, fueled 
It says there, there wasn't a solo on Fueled, I guess. Doesn't have anyone listed. King Size, the solo is done by uh, Daryl from Pantera. Yeah. So that's really good. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. And I really like the section straight after it. And when they sing Nothing to Fear but Fear Itself, that bit's yeah. got some really nice chords underneath it. Yeah. Um, this song's good, but I wouldn't check it out. I'm not as excited about it, but mm. there's a really same bit of drumming at the end, which is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm sorry, I've disappointed you, haven't I? No, no, it's okay. It's okay. I, I, I like all the songs on this album, but my rankings, I was really a little shocked when I did my rankings because I do it, like, as I'm listening, I'm going, okay, song one is my mm. favorite. Song two, is it better or worse than song one? And then I just kind of slowly work oh, my God. way down. I swapped so, him around for days. Yeah, see, I, <laughs> I I literally did this before. we. I do it once. I just do it once and I find. Mm. I guess then it depends. That's if, the best way. Yeah, if, and if you're not as familiar with an album, it's but probably it's, it's harder. harder. Because if you don't know a song, yeah. like at first you think, oh, I'm not really into that. And then after you've played it like five times, you're like, oh, wow, this is actually really good. And it's like. Why, why have I got this down at the bottom? Yeah. So it's it's, it's hard. Like you always pick albums that you know to, to review. <laughs> obviously, obviously. And um and so yeah, you can do yours at the last minute. Yeah, I, I yeah yeah I got you I got you. Um, Harder than this end. Yeah, I think this song starts off really cool. You know the. Just it kicks in mm. with the pounding riff and it and and it's like it's like a it's like part three it's like third, you know what do they say same song third verse kind of thing. It's just another yeah. heavy, um, <clears throat> and I, I love the line when he sings in this where he says the devil. I think the devil lives in California. I think that's a cool sounding line, um, but I love I like the way he sings the verses. You know because it stops. And he says, I want to be part of the program. And he gets to, when it, when it kicks back in, minimum effort, maximum gain from the inside out, it all looks the same. I think that sounds really, really cool. And they kind of go back and forth with this, the quiet, I, I, I want to say quieter, but it's not really quiet, you know, it's, but where it's like the music kind of stops and he's singing. But there's a bit of a change in dynamics. Yes. The dynamics change. Yeah. But um, I, I do like the chorus, you know, when he, I like that. Here it is like the aggression going on in the, in the music. Um, it's a good song. I like it. I like it more than you do. Um, yeah. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but this is a, some of these lyrics, like King Size. I like, this is a funny, listen to this. Check out the freak I'm laughing. Excuse me. Are you talking to me? <laughs> I say minimum effort, maximum gain from the inside out. It all looks the same. Making me feel harder making me feel like the Hulk I'll be. <laughs> that, that is pretty mad. That's kind of, <laughs> um, I'm trying to see if there's anything, any other lyrics I want to go over. Um, yeah, but I love the line he sings that I think the devil lives in, Cal- I, you know, here it is. I'll state my, I'll state my claim and I'll be forced to warn you. You know, of course I live in America. So saying the devil lives in California is kind of funny in a way. Being being in Texas, and we have lots of people coming from California. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, uh, the, the guitar solo in this song, though, it's another screaming guitar solo, though. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, from Daryl from Pantera, which is really good. Um, but I think um, John Bush's vocals, like this, is a continual theme that'll go throughout the album. 
his vocals fit the aggression in the music very well. Like they, they always seem like they really fit. So yeah, I really, really do like this one though. So yeah, it, it surprises me where it landed in my, in my rankings. So uh, the next song uh, track four is called riding shotgun. Uh, now here's what it says at the end. I want to read this because there's like four lines of soloing things. It says, um, the intro solo, which riding shotgun, you know, starts with that, that real, uh, that long, um, like, here, hold on. Let me just so we yeah. hear that. That's done by, uh, Daryl from Pantera. He does that. Um, okay, I love that bit. Yeah. Uh, the main solo in the song is done by Daryl. Uh, it says the feedback in the song uh, mm-hmm. is by Daryl and uh, Scott Ian. Of course, they call him Dimebag here. I never liked yeah. that. I never liked that name, so I never call him that. So if I call him anything, I call him Diamond Daryl, because that's what he was on Cowboys from Hell. <laughs> so, uh, And then the last thing it says is, Cool noise in the verse, Joe Nicola. I don't know who that is. So, so riding shotgun. starts with that note and then it i mean it kicks in hard and fast it's got there's like a dual lead line there i'm assuming that you know maybe daryl did all that when the verses come in it's cool because there's the bass line and it's just a bass line and drums uh with john bush singing uh i I like the where he kicks in and he's like two steps forward a hundred steps back you know um and then it kind of, you know, because the the verses are a little more, I hate to say they're lighter because there's nothing light about this, anth- well, about this mm-hmm. far into the Anthrax album. But when the verses, when the chorus kicks in and he sings the, he sings the line, what does he say? He says, uh, give me the lane, I'm going to play give it my the- way. Yeah, he, it's really, it's a really aggressive there again. But um, I kind of figured Matt would have wanted to be here and talk about some of these lyrics in particular. Uh, the RP, yes. of the, you know, the RP of the podcast. Uh, I won't say anymore. Absolutely. I think, he would have yeah. loved these. <laughs> here, I'll read this one line here that uh, it says, live it, be it, hold it, touch it, kick it, beat it, love it, suck it. I'm not exactly sure what they're talking about here, but I'm sure Matt would have had a field day with these lyrics. He <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, absolutely would. <laughs> um. But I really like that the two steps forward, a hundred steps back, we're going mm-hmm. the wrong way. 
It's backwards, cuffed and cuffed and branded. I can't stand it. And I do like the line, get, you know, I like that. Give me the lane. I'm going to play it my way when I want to. Charged by the pain, I'm going to scream out my name if I want to. I think that's a pretty cool. I think that's a pretty cool set of lines. Um, but I won't. I'm not going to read the very last set where he says, "Do it, drive it, drink it, smoke it." I'm not going to read all that because that's the part where Matt would have really gotten. Uh, he probably would have went a little mm-hmm. over top because there's one certain word, one little phrase that gets repeated over and over at the end of it. And, um, but yeah, I think this song is a, um, like I said, I'm a big fan of, of how this album is and, uh, the guitar solo, uh, that Daryl plays in this song. It's, it's really quick, but it's, it's really cool too. So I, this is another song I, I like more than I used to. I used to not like that chorus. I used to not like the way he sang it. Oh, okay. Like it didn't, it didn't seem like it was a good melody. But, you know, like just listening to it this morning, I was like really into it. I'm like, yeah, this is, it, it, there was, I say Reese, you know, it's just been a time where I didn't like yeah. it. it. It's, you know, over time, you know how things change, like as you mentioned. So, so what do you think of, uh, uh, and I don't mean when your husband drives you somewhere, but what do you think of riding shotgun? Well, um, yeah, I really love that opening as well. Uh, it's just, it just starts off nice and fast and heavy with screaming guitars. And it's interesting that you said about, different people doing the feedback and things like that yeah um there's a lot of changes of pace in this song which keeps it really interesting so you know just after you've got that fast bit when that next is doing that do it drive it drink it smoke it bit yeah it's just a bit slower and just the bass and drums underneath and then the two steps forward bit that's a different rhythm and then yeah. the chorus is different rhythm again so yeah. it's it's um some of these songs on um, this album are a little bit the same from start to finish and this one is very interesting and i love the little chorus but and yeah. I, I like the solo but i think the bass is a standout on this song from start to finish yeah yeah absolutely absolutely we'll call this this is probably what matt would have had at number 1 i'm assuming you know, just based on the lyrics. <laughs> it's a bit Zulu Lulu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's a good song. I mean, that part mm-hmm. aside, yeah. I, I don't know exactly what the song's about. I, I'm not sure. No, I don't know. And okay. I don't think it's about. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm just thinking about what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's about what Matt would want to try to say it was about, though. So, uh, mm-hmm. so the next song is called uh, Perpetual Motion. And the guitar solo in this one is by Paul Crook.
So, Kirsty, what do you think of perpetual motion? So this just gets straight into it, and there's a really nice riff under the verse, and a part when he sings, "I never went down." That part that's that's kind of head bangy. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, it's one of those you're going to move to. I uh, really like the sing along chorus. Mm-hmm. The harmonies aren't really great on it. Yeah. If we're going to be picky, sure. um, it's very catchy. I had this stuck in my head for days. Oh, cool. Um, the two verses they're, they're exactly the same. Um, so yeah. it was nice to get nice to get that bridge. The have my cake and eat it part. <laughs> yeah. I really and I, I really enjoyed the solo on this song as well. And overall, this one's really good fun. Yeah, I agree. I um, it's uh, it's again we're tra- five tracks in and and it starts hard and heavy again with the drums and the guitar. Um, the verses are sung really aggressively uh, by John Bush. Uh, I mean the and the music is like the. I wrote it's the the music's the perfect vehicle for his aggressive singing. You know, it just guys fits so well. Um, mm. I mean, if you want to get your aggressions out, you know, this is like an amazing album to do it with. I think I told you the story a while back where I was I was at work and I was driving, you know, a big truck around, and I some I don't know what it was. I was just really I don't know if I like was frustrated about something or angry about something or I don't know what was going on, but I. I don't usually do this. And I was like, man, I need to put some music on this just aggressive and heavy. And, um, I did that a while back with, um, the Megadeth album. Like when it first came out, I was kind of going through some stuff and I needed something aggressive to kind of help me. Um, but one day, this is a few months back. I put this on and man, I was just, I remember I was whatever song I was listening to. I was just rocking. Like I was just bobbing really, really hard and singing and everything. Mm. And I remember a, a car was passing me and I'm driving and uh, I kind of, you know, sometimes you you know catch something out of the corner of your eye. I caught out of the corner of my eye that the guy was in his car. The guy on the passenger side was turned around. Okay, because y'all drive, y'all drive on the right side of the car, or the left side. Well, say on the right, drive left. Say again. Say you cut out. You drive. You drive on the left side of the road, so you're sitting on the right. <laughs> in Australia. Yeah. Okay, okay, so so you're the opposite of me then. Okay, so I'm sitting on the uh-huh. left. Somebody passes me on the left, and then someone in the passenger side, so they're on the right side. They're going by me, and I noticed that the guy sitting in the passenger side is looking like he's got his head cocked, turning back at me, and I caught I look at him, and I mean, he's bobbing his head <laughs> right along with me. Like he's like, hmm. you know, making fun of me or whatever, and I remember just like, I do not care, man. I was um, not too... Uh, not to make a well, uh, you might never see him again. Oh yeah, I don't. I really I don't mean, care. Yeah, but not Primal not to rock rebellion would be my album for that kind of thing. Okay, and and I don't mean to use a uh, pun here, but I will. I was definitely in a zone whenever the guy was like, I was so into it. Uh, there's a lot. There's yeah. actually a word in this. There's a little phrase at the end of this song that probably sums up the whole a lot of the album and where I was at with it. So. Um, but it was pretty funny though, because you know, usually when I see something like that, or someone sees me singing, or someone pulls up next to you, you kind of, kind of like, you'd be like, I don't want yeah. you know, you kind of, yeah, yeah. you kind of tone, <laughs> you tone it down. You're like, why am I toning it down? Sure, Who cares? You know, cool. like, so yeah, we do, we all do that. So, um, especially if you near your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I get close to the house, I do turn the radio down because I don't, I don't want everyone to hear it coming in the neighborhood. Not, and, and I just think that's being polite a little bit. So, um. 
the the solo in this song by Paul Cookie is like a screaming solo. Um, so uh, the last two words of this song, he uses a uh, a word that rhymes with uh, bucking. Like last week, we were talking about go buck and buck and make a buck. This song is full of bucking energy because he uses that phrase. He just mm-hmm. screams out energy. And I'm like, man, this this song is super like full of energy. But I wanted to go through some of these lyrics real quick because I wrote a note to myself to read lyrics. Um, they're really cool, though. I mean, the cracks are showing on my face. I don't I didn't think that I was that old that old. My story is I weathered every storm. I pulled it through falling by the wayside. I've seen a few, but I never went down. And he says that over and over. I've taken every blow encountered. I never went down. And better still, look at my face and see your father. Now, I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> but I don't know if it's a Star Wars reference or something. But uh, <laughs> diamonds in my eyes, oceans full of pride. Can't you see I'm only human? Uh, then, of course, the, the same um, the same lyrics uh, for the second verse as the first. Um, I'm ready to take my turn. Take the shot that I've earned. Chance is what keeps me rolling. They do they do gang vocals well, you know that. Yes, rolling. Yeah, really it really sounds good. Uh, diamonds in my eyes, oceans full of pride. Uh, I don't fight. I win. Underneath it, I'm human, and my pride is not a sin. Underneath it, I'm human, and I respect my mistakes and decisions that I make. In time, I've earned my cake. <laughs> have in time I've earned my cake have my cake and I'll eat it <laughs> I didn't know that's what he was saying I had no idea that he was until saying I wrote it, until I mentioned it just now well no I'd read it I read this this morning yeah. and I thought oh my god I'll have my cake and I'll eat it that's funny and I'll eat it that's funny I thought I always thought he was saying, and I'll be there. I didn't know what the line before know, it was. because you don't see it. I don't pull out that many lyrics. And I was like, but I really like that part. Yeah, that's really good. Really good. So, yeah, this song's really, um, I really like it. What do you think of it? It's a bop. A bop. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's a phrase my teenager's using at the moment oh, when she thinks right. the song's really good. Billy's using that, right? Yeah, it's a bop. All right, man. I'm a, maybe we should start. We, we need to add that in. Maybe, maybe get the old people to start saying bop again. That's it. It's <laughs> a, also it's a vibe. A vibe. Okay. As long as yeah. as long as there's not another word in front of bop, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Don't don't you don't don't say it. You know what I mean. <laughs> don't be like. Yeah. Well, actually, you said it earlier when I when I was just humming it, so you would know, and you said it anyway. So. Mm-hmm. So anyway, keep on, keep on. It's a vibe. This song's got a real vibe. It's got a, it's a bop. So that's how you yep. say it. It's just a, this song's a bop. Yep. Okay, cool. I'm going to start, I'm going to start using that with Sarah. Well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. Anything else? Do you have anything else on it? Or are you just going to say it's just a uh, bop? No, because I have already done it. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, for anyone listening, it's 8 a.m. where I'm at, and I've been awake for four hours already. <laughs> so, Hello, I've been talking for most of that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. So, you already did that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. okay. So well, there were... Some some extra thoughts. So, it's my turn. 
So. Yeah, I got. So hey, you know it's a bop. We got a bop out of it. So. So. So um. It's your turn for. So that was to be per- in Uncle Steve's Anthrax zone. Yeah, in yeah, that's what it means. We're in Uncle Steve. We're in a zone. Hey, we're in the a zone, right? This is the A month. The, mm-hmm. the sound of A is in the air. So in A zone, what better name for a song? I never caught that until right now. So uh, maybe that's what I'll have to write on Twitter. You'll be in A zone with us this week. So in a zone, yeah. It fades in with that, like a real super high riff that's getting played. And then all of a sudden you hear Frank's bass. It sounds really cool. Like I can imagine Mm. on a big stereo, that would probably make the whole, you know, like if you're in a car, the whole car would vibrate. Um, But, but you get the feeling that something fast and aggressive is coming as you're hearing that you like, and you keep waiting for it. And, and then they, they start, you know, the verses come in. There's like that really, heavy chugging, you know, that's going on when he's singing it. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. It's a, and the melody, the melody that he's singing. I really like that a lot. And the pre-chorus is really, really heavy. Uh, that, the I'm unconscious part, uh, mm. uh, which he says, I'm unconscious, drunk and blinded count to 10. Then I unwind it. Um, there's one part in this song. I think it's my whole favorite part of the song is where he says, I'm unconscious. I'm unconscious. He just says it over and over. <laughs> it sounds so awesome. I love it. I absolutely love that part. He just keeps repeating it and his voice. He's just got the most amazing gritty voice. If Bruce Dickinson would have sounded like him on no prayer for the dying, probably would have been an amazing, much more amazing album. It's pretty good already. Yeah, it's but probably what he was trying to, but yeah. 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 He heard John Bush. He's like, Oh, I can do that. 
Yeah, I'll I'll sing uh, I'll, I'll sing um, what was the stupid with the Alice Cooper song? Elected. I'll do elected. It'll sound amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. that was terrible. That's ter- even his um, what was the uh, doesn't he do? What's the one? Elect- For anyone who doesn't know what Steve's talking about, I'm I posted. Um, Bruce Dickinson covering an Alice Cooper song, I Want to Be Elected, on Facebook. You also called, uh, put another one on there, too. Yes, also um, a Black Widow from Human Black Widow, that's the one, yeah. Tribute to Alice Cooper. Neither of which he does oh, justice. Bruce Dickinson and Adrian Smith. No. Yeah, Bruce just doesn't need to cover other people's songs. It's just... it's Yeah, let's, well, yeah we'll leave that alone. Um but yeah, the, the, this song, and when, when you get to the chorus, you know, I'm in a zone, I'm in a zone, this is how I live. I mean, it gets really, really fast, you know, mm. which is interesting. It's interesting. I used to not like that. But um, the song, you know, it changes pace a few different times. There's some really heavy and fast riffing going on, and the vocals are, you know, John Bush is, there's not a song really... Well, I don't want to say that yet because I don't want to misspeak. There's not a song yet where he hasn't been amazing, I don't think. Um, but yeah, my favorite my favorite part of this song is the uh, I'm unconscious, I'm unconscious because it just sounds so cool. Uh, yeah. Maybe this has something to do with the album cover. Listen to this. I'm standing on the ledge, cold and naked. Will someone come and offer me their help? Sometimes I for... No, oh. I don't think it's got anything to do with the album cover. These are quite sad lyrics. Yeah, let's go ahead and I'm going to read them. That's what I do. Sometimes I forget my medication. Sometimes I forget to pray to make it through this uh, buck, buck, bucking day. Uh, I'm unconscious, drunk and blinded. Okay, I already read that. Count to ten and I unwind it. Take a deep breath and then I unwind it. I'm wearing out my skin. I'm under pressure. Pressure makes me burn. It makes me ache. Sometimes I want to burn the things that make me. Sometimes I stop myself too late. It's written all across my face. Uh, I never have to justify my actions scathing rhetoric my saving grace that's a cool line sometimes i really Ooh. think that it's too noisy well baby that's tough <laughs> sometimes i <laughs> have to hit myself words can kill as well as help interesting that's a very cool line uh, standing on a ledge will you come and help will you burn yourself will you help me then Fear burns at my touch to its wake, in its wake. An ugly, jagged scar across your face. I like the way he sings that line, too. That's where he goes, I'm unconscious, I'm unconscious, over and over. 
Yeah, that's kind of a uh, song about, yeah, I guess someone kind of in a desperate situation, eh? I know. It, it sounds a lot more fun than the lyrics that you're reading yeah. suggest. Absolutely. What do you think of this song? Yet again, this song's got a really cool intro. They're good at those. Um, but this one's amazing. I'm totally drawn in. Um, yeah. It really builds well. It feels like, you know, they're like, I don't think you really listen to any techno in your life. Techno? But if you went clubbing, it builds the way a techno song builds. Was, it's pr- kind was of Prodigy? Exciting. Um, and it's, oh, yeah, Prodigy could be. I, I liked a couple of their songs back yeah, in the mid 90s. They're, they're kind of like a bit of a crossover, aren't they? Yeah. So, yeah, so there's really heavy bassy riff under the verses. And, yeah, like there's all different, all different sections, but they're all really, really fast and aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a section just before the solo that sounds a little bit grungy, but just a nod to it, still very energetic. And the solo, it, solo's kind of really rock and roll. Yeah. Um, there's a great scream after it as well. And just the way the guitars are screaming over when he's saying Wired. And yeah, yeah. It's, just, um, it's an exciting song, and I just need to say again that the drums are awesome. Yeah, Charlie. we haven't said that for a minute. Yeah. We, yes. The drums are still awesome. They're still awesome yeah so yeah i said that and that solo was i I think i mentioned it i think it was it was done by paul crook though let me turn the page here yes and let's go to the next song it is called nothing no the one song i remember by um was keith flint is that the guy who was the uh yes he was the singer in the prodigy a while back i got on a little thing where i was on youtube and that song popped up, uh, uh, not Firestarter. Firestarter, the one where he says, inhale, inhale, the big and that thing. Breathe. That's breathe, breathe, yeah. So I got to a thing where I saw breathe. So then I just decided, let me go. And I started looking at it and seeing how many, you know, how he sounded through the years with it. And uh, I think he died uh, mm. I, um, in the last f- couple of years, I believe. Maybe the last yeah, three. Wasn't long ago, although. Yeah, because I remember watching. It seems like it wasn't long ago. Yeah, I watched. I, I read. I read about him, you know, and he was a pretty troubled individual. It sounds like uh, Keith Flint was, but mm-hmm. uh, but that song was really, you know, it was. They had a certain amount of rock and roll vibe, you know. It was kind of funny watching them on stage because man, those dudes, him and the other guy, were just full of energy, you know. Yeah, I've seen them. Oh yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Cool. Very cool. Like the, the the crowd is nuts on that song too. At least I noticed. Sure. So, okay, yeah. Wow, so, that was a little tangent, wasn't it? There you go. Yeah, there's a there's your <laughs> this week in uh, techno, <laughs> twit. This week in techno. <laughs> if we start a side podcast and we could compare with a, we could compete with Wayne. He's the he'll be the wimp and we'll be a twit. <laughs> so, oh, I'm gonna stop before I start saying something else. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Matt would have went there too, actually. Okay, this next song. Oh, this is interesting. Nothing. The solo in this song is done by Charlie, the drummer. So, slash okay. guitar player. So, I'm going to ask this question one time, and I know you'll probably say something more. Matt would definitely take this in another area if I asked him this question. The next song is called Nothing.
So, Kirsty, what do you think about nothing? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. The next song. Right. Is- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, it's well, it's it's more melodic. It's got more melodic intro. Yeah. Is it too melodic for Anthrax? Maybe. I'm kind of less keen on them doing this. Mm. Uh, the vocal melodies are a bit happy. It kind of sounds like a lot of the alternative rock of the 90s. Good call. I, mean, I don't mind this song. I do like quite a lot of things about it, which is mostly the guitars. So the okay. chords underneath the chorus are really nice. And the instrumental, that's incredible. There's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. And um, there's even some nice little Iron maiden dual guitar harmonies that I really enjoyed. And I'm getting really into it. And then it, it goes back into the... Um, vocals again and i'm like oh okay so it's not that i don't like it but i'm not that impressed by it really yeah i'm kind of with you there um you know it starts with the riff is cool when it starts that it's it's cool rev that starts in and and um here let's hear it real fast i want to make sure i'm thinking of the right riff It wasn't the riff I was thinking of, but it's a good heavy riff. <laughs> I have it written down. It's a good heavy yeah. riff. Um, and it's a, a more, it's it's weird to say it because it's a really heavy song, but compared to everything else we've heard, it's a very subdued pace, you it know? It doesn't feel heavy. It doesn't. Yeah. It's like when I played um, the song um, Safe Home for my wife, like I'm almost like that's an anthrax ballad. But then when I listen to it, like just alone as a standalone, I'm like, this is actually pretty heavy, and for my wife especially, you know, someone who listens to, you know, you heard the song she played for me, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I thought this is kind of subdued, um, but it, to anybody else, it would probably be pretty heavy. Um, and at this point, the album, you know, we're seven songs in now, and six of them have been really aggressive and heavy. And I'm like, at this point, maybe you need a bit of a slower pace to kind of, Oh, I was definitely ready for a change to slow, you know, to save your neck a little bit. But I said, yeah, I discovered listening to this album that when it slowed down like that, I didn't want it. I was like, I don't want this break. It's a good song. It's not bad. Um, but I want something, you know, heavy and quick the way we've been getting on every other song. And then, like you said, the way they, the, the verses are a little bit happy. You know, it's a little bit of something going on there that's it's not the greatest. Uh, lyrically, it's a really cool song, but um, one mm. of my one of my absolute favorite lines that I've said dozens of times in my life. Um, I, I won't, know this is why I thought I was going to upset you. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, I love the "I won't walk on eggshells." That's a dance for someone else. It's a line I've always, I've always, I've quoted yeah. it for years and years. Um, but yeah, I'm going to run through some of the lyrics. Um, before I finish here, uh, it's it's diff- it's difficult for me to get a grip on what you mean when you stick your fingers in your ear and you create another scene. You always step into the traps set perfect in your path, busy going crazy over who's, whose knife's in your back. Uh, dive into your blackest stare. Uh, you're the tallest soul. This is a cool line. You're the tallest soul with the shortest self-esteem. Painted as the mm. victim who split between the beams. Uh, Then play me to the point of pushing me too far away. I can only say whatever ambivalent to your game. You can pretend you can pretend to the mirror. It's the lie you tell yourself and I won't walk on eggshells. That's a dance for someone else. 
I really, it's, it's, it's a cool line about someone who's obviously always thinking everyone's after them and stuff like that. So I think that's pretty it, cool. It is a cool line. I've seen you like quoting it before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good favorite for me on that one. Um, but yeah, this is, um, you know, the song fades out at the end with the heavy riff. But at this point, that doesn't quench what I'm really like. I was like, as I listened to this this morning before we started, man, I was like so going. And man, when that one hit, I was just like, it, it literally almost just stopped me in my tracks. I was just kind of like, man, this just doesn't fit right here for me. Um, was this on the radio quite a bit? I mean, I didn't feel like I'd heard it before, but I it might have been don't for you. Th- think I, yeah i don't think they i don't know i don't think they really did anything with this album on the radio the i think if mm. anything was i think fueled was i think they made a video for fueled pretty sure yeah but yeah i've seen the video fueled. okay i haven't seen that one so i don't know I, I'm not but then much... there's also quite a few fan-made videos so it's a bit confusing yeah 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 but it's definitely them on the field one i know keanu reeves is in the uh safe home video Hey, oh, okay. And someone came up the other day and told me they <laughs> looked like an older Keanu Reeves. <laughs> we went to, we went to this dinner the <laughs> other night. The same age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if the, I'm trying to remember. She, she didn't call me Keanu Reeves. Though. She said, she said, right. hey, she, she said, girl came up. Hey, can I get your autograph? It was a, it was my daughter's friend. So I thought, oh, she's coming up to say something about my podcast, like joking around. Mm. And then she goes, no, you you remind me of. Um, Oh God! What's the, John Wick? You remind me of John Wick. That's what she was saying. I was like, "Really? That's Keanu Reeves, right? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why do I remind you of him? You know, if anything, I would rather be confused with um, Ted Theodore Logan. You know, I'd rather be the the bumbling idiot than the uh, <laughs> when um, when he was like about eighteen or whatever. yeah, yeah, <laughs> than the maniacal badass, I guess. But um, either way, I thought that was kind of funny. Because she was like, yeah, seri- cool. she was being serious. I was like, um, maybe the fat version of him. I don't know. <laughs> the the version of him that's making a movie about gaining too much weight or something. I don't know. But So uh, the next song here is um, lots of tangents, eh? I'm starting to dig that word A, but this is the sound of A month. So I got to use the word A. I've actually started saying A to sure. people now locally. Like I said something to Sarah and I was like. I go, I say, you think there's an A? And she's like, yeah, yeah. She just answers the question, you know, like it's funny. Yeah, because I mean, also in Perth, lots of people would say A on the end of a question. Yeah, and she told me. So it's natural. Yes. Well, no, she told me that people in Canada don't say A. I'm like, no, no, they do. Trust me. I listen to a podcast. I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah, I was like, I've heard enough Josh and Nesbitt, you know, accidentally throwing it in every now and then. Josh more than Nesbitt. No, actually, they both do it. They both do it occasionally. So, so okay. So let me get to here. The next song. Now I'm confused. Do I do this one first or you do this one first? I did nothing first. So you can do American Pompeii first if you you've want. Done some, you've done some stuff first. <laughs> I did the last song first. <laughs> okay. There we go. You know Matt would have said that, right? Yeah. Yes. No, you've done something. Okay. I feel so- like yeah, you're you're trying to fill in. You're trying to be Matt and yourself. I know. I'm trying to. You know, when Matt's not gone, it's a big. It's a big loss. Yeah. You know? It's. I'm trying it's to time. be. I'm not naughty enough for you. <laughs> and if anyone out there is is sad that Matt's not here, well, baby, that's tough. 
Next song is called American Pompeii. I try to imagine the best place I've been. Can I go back again? Open my eyes, what was no longer exist. I can't go back again. I like to pretend that nothing has changed and never went too far. But it started to lose me like a four-hour movie I'd already seen. Holding on to my memory of what this used to be. Holding on to my memory of you. So time to tell myself the things are okay. Another lie when it's made me feel better. Never saw what I was today. I'm gonna break down, break down. In American Pompeii. In American Pompeii. I make myself just to live this way. Never rise up as I was today. American Pompeii. And it starts off right away with John Bush singing with a guitar riff. You know, and the the pace is picking up a bit in this song compared to the last one, but it's not really as much as I want, but I do like it better already. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the pre, the pre-chorus, it gets pretty fast. Cause he's like, uh, you know, sometimes I wonder if things are okay. Another lie, but it makes me feel better. He sings it pretty fast. Um, you know, and then the chorus is moving at a pretty decent pace. Um, it's not the greatest chorus on the album again, but um there are there's some interesting lyrics in here. Um, the solo section of this song is pretty interesting, and um, let me go into that because there's quite a few. On this song, we have the main solo again is played by Charlie Benante, better known as the drummer. The solo tag, which I'm not exactly sure what part that would be, uh, is Mike Tempesta, whose drummer, whose whose brother is the famous drummer that everyone's heard of, probably John. Played for the cult for a while, uh, played in Testament for a while, played in White Zombie. Actually, when I saw White Zombie with Anthrax way back in the day, that's who um, John Tempesta was on drums. So I'm not sure if Mike Tempesta was one of their roadies or something. Uh, then it says the Shaker was played by Scott and the Bongos were played by <laughs> Charlie. Because there's that one section with the Bongos toward the end, I think. Um. Let's see here. Uh, but this song is talking about, I think, kind of America and some of its, uh, some of the th- the things that people might would like about America kind of going away. This is like, I, I try to imagine the best place I've been. Can I go back again? Open my eyes. What was no longer exists. I can't go back again. I like to pretend nothing changed and never went too far. Uh, but it started to bore me, lose me like a four hour movie I'd already seen. Holding on to a memory of what this used to be. Uh, sometimes I tell myself things are okay. Another lie, but it makes me feel better. I love this line. I've never heard this line in the song until today. Never as old as I was today. I'm gonna mm-hmm. break. I'm gonna break down. <laughs> like it's like he realized it. Um, look in my eyes and see how sick I feel about what you've become. Filthy and twisted, like you never existed. I know what you are. 
your beauty forgotten under mountains of schism, which when they say schism, they're always referring to racism. Uh, your beauty. Okay. Because f- they have a song called Schism on, uh, it's on Persistence of Time, I believe. Because uh, I think it's, it's just, the chorus is like schism. Uh, I, th- I don't know if it says a, a man divided can't stand or a land divided can't stand. I probably don't know the right words. Uh, yeah. Your beauty forgotten under mountains of schism. I don't want to climb. Uh, and let's see here. Uh, uh, in American Pompeii, break myself just to live this way. Never as old as I was today. American Pompeii. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of the lyrics. There's some cool lyrics in there though. I love that line. Never as old as I was today. That's a cool lyric. Cause as you know, Kirsty, neither one of us are as old as we were today. <laughs> But we'll never be this young again. We'll never be this young again. When people hear this, we'll be young. We'll be older. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think of American Pompeii? Or did you I do this already? It sounded like um, alternative nineties. Uh huh. Yeah. But I liked it. I liked it a lot more than their last song. Mm-hmm. Same here. Um, it's got a nice melodic verse. I really like the fast talking bit. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, the chorus is just okay. Yeah. The guitars have got this thing going on that reminds me of, you know, REM, what's the frequency, Kenneth? Uh-huh. I'm not sure that's the vibe that I'm going for, but, yeah, it was just kind of similar in some way to me. Definitely the same um, time. really like the, yeah, really like the heavy riff towards the end. It's a bit of yeah. a weird drum solo, this one. Yeah. It's got this effect that sounds like a little bit of a pop song just pops into the song for a couple oh, toward, of seconds. Yeah, 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 it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I've written that this song is quite, that I thought this song was quite long, um, but it's not really. Yeah. But I thought it had finished and then it went on for another minute for no reason and then faded out. So <laughs> yeah. for, yeah. for me to think that probably suggests that it's not going to be that high up on my list. Yeah. But it's still pretty good. It is the longest song on the album at only, mm-hmm. at only five but and a half minutes. Are, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So on an Iron Maiden album, it would be the shortest song. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think we're kind of. Uh, I think we kind of have the same. Uh, I think we have the same feel for both of these two songs here. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so track number nine is called "Drop the Ball." Kirsty, 
tell us about um, Anthrax, how Anthrax dropped the ball on this album cover, but tell us about the song. Well, (laughs) (laughs) again, this is um, a really great intro. Um, It it feels like this song's going to be epic, Mm -hmm. but I'm not a fan of the um, vocals on this one. Mm-hmm. But um, I really like the crunchy guitars under them, yeah. and I'm not I'm not that interested in the chorus either. But again, the guitars on that are good. The bit I like is when it slows right down, and there's a thunderclap. That mm-hmm. bit sh- that bit's great, but that's really short. Um, but then it goes into that section that starts. I never felt for you for anyone. That's got a really nice groove, and it's pretty fun when it speeds right up. But, <laughs> Overall, I've got a bit this one, but I think maybe it's because of where it comes on the album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it comes maybe in after the, the two. songs are quite similar, and you get apart from nothing, and then yeah. you get to here, and you like. Uh, but it's it's okay. I think if I listen if I listen to it backwards, I probably maybe like it more. <laughs> okay, that's tell us telling. Uh, oh, okay. You mean the album? I thought you meant the song. <laughs> the album <laughs> yeah 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 for me um i'm gonna play the intro real quick just to uh mm, that's just, good just to refresh uh we're on drop the ball i think this is the one i'm thinking of yeah that's pretty cool sounded mm. and when it kicks in and it has a riff yeah, so that's that's cool. That's really cool. Um, yeah, my you mentioned the way he sounds on the verses. I I like it and don't like it. I don't like the way the effect is on his voice, but because he says he said the first line he says killing myself, but then he goes someone sent the fixes in, and that sounds really cool. But I don't like the I don't like the effect on his voice. It doesn't really it it, it doesn't work real well. But the the verse, uh, the riff underneath the verses is wicked. I mean, it sounds so good. Um, mm. uh, I, I just don't like that effect. Like, cause I think the, I think it sounds pretty cool, but, uh, lyrically this song is, um, yeah, it's definitely interesting. I, I've never read these, read these lyrics, uh, uh, killing myself. Someone said the fix is in, once again, once again, over easy, burn, burnt, my mind is overdone. Life's a jigsaw. Why can't I find the missing one? Even though I felt I've proven what it is I'm worthy of, I can't exist inside the boundaries of the so-called world of love. Someone rescue my downward virtue. I drop the ball again. And just some of these lyrics, you get, you get the vibe that, uh, you know, one of these guys was in a really, you know, uh, dark place. It might've been Scott. I don't know. Maybe Scott was going through a divorce around this time as well. I know Scott Ian, uh, there's a point where he was going through a divorce during the John Bush phase. Makes you wonder, man. It makes you really wonder. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, they are pretty good lyrics on the whole. I, I didn't really pay very much attention to them, but. Oh, oh wow. Now you're now you're telling me that they're all pretty impressive. Listen to this: hands that touch me, take them all away. Patronizing, will you hear what I say? And then there's a, a, a going back to a da da. Uh, go buck and buck and make a buck. Buck your caring, 
No one knows what's in my heart. Bring it all down. Bring it all down in parts. Every time I have considered why it is I'm even here. Calm, collected, copacetic. No good reasons why I fear. No one rescue my downward value. Uh, trying to see if there's any anything else in here. Yeah, that's pretty much no one rescue my downward value. That's pretty dark, uh, you know, for a personal uh, state of mind. <laughs> The main solo in this song is done by Paul Crook. The, the chime is done by Charlie. And the floor tom hits by Charlie and Scott. Scott must have been extremely angry. He needed to beat on some drums even. So, <laughs> um, this yeah. is absolutely mad, the number of people it took to make this album. <laughs> yeah. They, well, I think it's cool, though, that if there's a guitar part that's not being played by the main guitar player, that I like that they're telling you, hey, Charlie played this guitar yeah. solo. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, interesting. Where you hear it like, like, you know, going to a band like Kiss, where there's there's songs that, like, Eric Carr played bass on the on this out on a song and Gene didn't. And there's song where one of their co-writers that is not even in Kiss played bass on a song on Animalize. And you're just like, it's interesting, but they never told you. Like it would have mm. been cool to know that kind of stuff. So um so we're on track number 10, and it's called Tester. Well, let me play a tiny bit of the intro of that one just to refresh us. That is badass. Oh, you just stopped me. I was headbanging and now I have okay. to sit still again. Hold on. <laughs> Let's play a little of this. I haven't played anything else. God, he sounds awesome. I 
I, I better talk about it before I give away my thoughts. I think my thoughts are already <laughs> going to be being shown. Um, yeah, that riff is amazing. The drums sound awesome with it. You know, when you hear that, like, Wah! you hear like a little squeal kind of in the middle of that riff at first. I mean, it sounds awesome. And then Bush comes in and he sounds amazing with his delivery of the verses. Um, yeah. See, like he's singing, he says, Oh man, I can't even read the lyrics because of the way the coloring is on here. I've changed by staying the same. What does it mean to be different? You've changed, faced from the start. Tell me an alternative to what? How does it feel? How does it feel to be part of the picture? You paint me into a corner, tearing my niche because I'm the opposite of opposite. Test your new model and see. Test your new model against the original. I'm the man you want to be. So test your new model and once again, you'll fail me. <laughs> Planted, I'm staying in touch. Driven by something with substance. Plugging, uh, plugging away. I'm okay. You'll be here today, gone today. How does it feel to be paint? How does it feel to be part of the picture? You painted me into a corner. Uh, tear. T- was that word he says? Teasing? Tearing my niche. Tearing. Okay. It's, Tearing it's, my niche. It's white. The writing is white, and then the picture is white behind okay. it. Tearing my niche because I'm the opposite. Opposite. Uh, and then there's a bit where he says, uh, "For me, things are the same. I have no problem with fame." I can be every man because my friends never shout my name. And this, and this it repeats that twice, I believe. But man, mm. I'll just say, I love the verses in the song. I love the way he sings them. I love the way the chorus is sung. I love everything about this song. I think it's a badass song. This is what I wanted track seven to be, not number 10, you know. Um, I think the last three songs have been, um, the last three songs, you know, I like them, but they all drop the ball a bit. So this one really picks it back up for me. Um, mm. I think the lyrics are cool. And it's funny because I, when I when I told Matt we were going to do this album, right? And I was telling him which songs are on the album. And he's, he was, or he starts looking at it and he goes, Tester, I don't even know how that one goes. And I was like, dude, Tester is an amazing song. You need to listen to it. It's awesome. You know, so... Um, but before before you speak here, I'll I'll say uh, here's how all the uh, you said you thought the other songs were uh, had a lot of people having to do stuff. Listen to this one. The main solo is done by Charlie. The end solo is done by Scott. So his first solo. The talk box is done by Charlie. The stomping, which I assume means the end of the song when they're all clapping and stuff. I don't know. Mm. Scott, Charlie, Frank, John, Paul Crook, Mike, M, and Zach. Can't leave Zach out, <laughs> whoever Zach is. So um, what do you think of the song Tester? Uh, I like it a lot. Um, oh, wait, wait bef- a- before you say anything, hold on. Let me make sure you know what it sounds like. That's so awesome. Because you, you haven't just played this twice. Oh, uh, no. Well, you, oh, 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 uh, did I confuse you? Hold on. Isn't that amazing? That's just so. Yes, it that, is. It is. I, I think. Uh, there. God, oh my, I love that. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. So that, that is a really nice, heavy, it's interesting intro. Great drum beat. Cool verse. And the vocals are quite 
subtle on the verses compared to the heavy instruments, which I, I quite like. And then yeah. there's a really energetic fast chorus. And as I said to you, that I was headbanging when you were playing the intro, but you just can't help it in the breakdown after the second chorus. Uh-huh. Yeah. If we were to be ranking solos, this one is probably my favourite on the album. Unfortunately, it's pretty short. Um, but yeah. it sounds like something Pearl Jam might do. Okay. Um, and last minute goes uh, goes pretty crazy, and it's got a bit of a live feel. Um, this could have been a really good closer. Yeah, yeah. The, um, yeah. Th- this is. I didn't even read what I wrote down <laughs> after I heard the riff. I just started reading lyrics. Um, mm. uh, let's see here. Um, you know, I wrote down by the chorus. I just can't stop my head from like bobbing really hard. Yeah. You know. Um, I love this song. I said the midsection, you know, with the riffing and the pounding drums is so good. Um, and I said, the song ends with a huge riff and pounding drums. I said, I just don't want this one to stop. And I said, what a way to end an album, an amazing start and an amazing finish. Mm. Oops. That's funny. We both yeah. said it could have been a good closer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then I said, the yelling and the clapping at the end is kind of goofy, but maybe they realized how great of a song they just recorded or something. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> so does Trevor. Trevor <laughs> likes it. The first thing the first thing you said was, yeah, I like it. And then now you said, I like it again. <laughs> so, yeah. So that leads us into um, track 11. And, you know, you talk about a, a um, what was the line in the song I said earlier? He says, I'm, I'm a part of the bird, but without the left wing or something like that, or without the right mm-hmm. wing or whatever. This song is the is the part of the album without. Uh, this is like the complete different change. I mean, I'm I'm gonna I don't, I'm gonna start saying what I think already. So uh, the last song is called Bear. Not and if Matt was here, I would have to fix. You know, it's not a bear like in the woods. It's like like if you walk into an empty room and it's bare. So. Oh, you, yeah, that's a good way of saying it. You you remember uh, there was a song by um, oh gosh, what was the who was the band uh, uh, the punk rock band that I mentioned before, and Matt thought that their uh, song was um, social distortion. Yes, and the song is called um, "Dear Lover." You know that one? No, after all that, it's the same way Matt got confused. I had to say it like that, you know. Because Matt got mm. confused when I said, uh, I was telling him about the Social Distortion oh, song. Yes, I'm going to about that now. It's called, it, the song is called Dear Lover. And when I first told him about it, he thought it was referring to a... Um, Someone rubbing de- deers. Yeah, like a deer that you would see out in the woods with the bear from the Anthrax album. But I pulled mm. it up. I had to find this. I, I want you to hear the intro to this. As you said, you weren't familiar with it. It's really, really cool. I'm just going to... We have a moment of waffling here because it, it it starts out kind of like this and it kicks in really awesome. I don't know how well you can hear that, but it's nice. It starts off kind of nice. And this guy has an amazing voice. I'm going to let you hear him sing for a second, but listen to how it kicks in. 
Wow, that's awesome. He's got such a cool voice. Okay, not the best way to hear it. How did we get here? A bear in a bear in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I gotta hear the chorus though. Sorry anybody who's hearing this. Okay, Kirsty. So go listen to Dear Lover after we end the call or something. So, and it's not. It just just to, to make sure Matt doesn't get confused. It's D E A R, not D E E R. <laughs> right. I couldn't believe. I was like, what? I said maybe they should have called it Venison Lover. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, all that to say, Kirsty, what do you think about the mm-hmm. Anthrax song number eleven, the last song on Stomp Four Four Two called Bear?
Somehow I was listening to this on YouTube, and mm-hmm. it was the it was the full album. Yeah. So I'd go somewhere and I'd start the full album, and, I, and I'd get to wherever I got to, and then sometimes I'd just start it again. Mm-hmm. And for for quite a long time, I didn't hear this song. <laughs> I didn't get this far. Mm-hmm. This was a complete shock. And um, with the rest of the album, so samey. Yeah. I really was not prepared or sure about this at all, but I think it's a very welcome change. Yeah. It comes in very relaxing. And again, I think the drums on this are good. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that the song changes up a bit. It's not, it's just not like chill and acoustic all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's gets to a next section where he says the argues that the world ain't fair. And that section's really nice, but then, um, the last minute of the song, it livens up, the electric guitars come on in. Um, I thought to myself, I did take pay attention to these lyrics because um, I thought they must be quite personal and emotional. And I thought, what is I Will Cut Off My Arm Piece? So I looked it up. It's it a TV like show or something, um, isn't it? No, it looks like a piece of armour. I'm thinking the reference to Dave Pritchard of Armoured Saints, that's what someone thinks it was because he died in 1990 oh interesting interesting i don't really know what else it could be to be honest but yeah as much as i didn't like the other sort of ballady thing um i very much enjoyed this okay yeah i i could swear that that he said that he was writing about a tv show or because he he scott ian writes a lot about books and things you know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of like Stephen King stuff he's written about, and so I I could swear okay. I could swear he said that, but then again, I I'm not 100 percent sure anymore. So if we're wrong, like, who cares? You know. No, uh, but yeah. anyway, it's it's a piece of armor, and I did not know that. Okay, okay. So uh, yeah, so I'd like to said you think the album's over at the end of Tester. It ends. I mean, even with all the clapping and just mm. you know, and an amazing finish to the album. Would would have you know would have been an amazing finish, yeah, a good finish. You know, like you get a great opener, you get a great closer. But you know, instead, you got you know the soft acoustic guitar that comes in, and you're like, huh? Is this like an? You think it might be an outtake or something that is going to do something different? But it comes in, and you know, it's just nice and pretty, and no drums and. John Bush just kind of sings nice and easy with it, you know? And it's like, you know, I'm like, he's got a nice voice, but this is not how I want to end the album. But then I'm like, we well, you know maybe after Tester, it's kind of what you need, you know? You need something to, because mm. you start off really hard with this album. And at the end, like you said, as soon as that last song starts, your head's just dun, 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 dun. You're like, you know, my head's bobbing just singing it. And uh, I'm like, you know, maybe you don't, you know, maybe that's just what was needed. It's kind of a, okay, these people have had, you know, 45 minutes of non, you know, pretty much nonstop assault on their ears here. So the more I listen to it, I'm like, you know, I don't hate this song. It's, it's, and I said, it does kind of seem like exactly what you need after, especially after Tester, you know, because Tester's super heavy and, and aggressive. And, uh, you know, the more I listen to it, the more I like it. Um, it, it seems like a nice finish, but then when it, everything kind of kicks in and the song tries to go somewhere with it, you know, that, you know, uh, how's it, I'm trying to think how, what the lines of the words are, you know, 
All I can do is get up every morning when all else. I, I just kind of don't like that, you know, but mostly I wonder why. And I'm just like, Ugh, I think it's kind of cringy. Um, but you know, the way it kind of ends out and, um, and I think it's a, uh, interesting, uh, it's an interesting song. It's not as, yeah, it did, I, I enjoy it more than I enjoyed a couple of the other songs on the album, just because it was what it was. It wasn't like just a heavy song that wasn't heavy enough in a way. Yeah. Uh, and I did like the, um, I did like the line, you know, when your clock is up and you rest for good. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's a it's a real pretty line, yeah. Mm. Um, but then I was like, if you're just listening to the album and you're not really paying attention, and this song ends, and then random acts of senseless violence starts again, you're in for a shock, you know. <laughs> like it goes from you know this to that. So, but yeah, I mean, it's a uh, it's a little bit of a surprising ending, you know. And I know they uh, they had a ballady song on the other album as well, um, the one about uh, Twin Peaks or whatever it was. I think that was the TV show they were writing for. Uh, the okay. sound. It was a uh, Black Lodge. I think that was what the show they were writing for was Twin Peaks. Um, and it wasn't the closing song though. But uh, do you think? Let me ask you this: Do you think that this song would have done better if they would have stuck it in the middle of the album? I don't think there's anywhere else you could have really put this. Mm. It it really doesn't fit in with the rest of the album in any way. So yeah. I, yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Because you finish and then you might want to just sit in silence after Tester or you might want to listen to Bear and chill. Yeah, yeah. I just think, yeah, if you if you stuck this in the middle of the album, I mean, it's it's so drastic. Mm. The, the rest of the album, even the, the songs that aren't as fast, everything's heavy, you know? So, so I think it's a – I really think it, in a way I think that is – you know, outside of not having it on the album at all and having Tester, if Bear is a part of the album, I think it absolutely fits the best right there. So, yeah, it's kind of uh, like um, like Dance of Death when they put Journeyman at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they said they they made it acoustic because everything else had been so heavy. Sure, sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 industry. I mean, I think it's the best way they could have ended the album with that song on the album. So. Uh, imagine if they would have started the album with that song and you're like, Oh my God, what happened to these guys? And then song two kicks in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess the last thing we'll do here is we'll do our, uh, ranking and, uh, council's order ranking as we always do from 11 to one. So I'm really, I'm really interested to see how many of these we have in common. Cause I kind of feel like, uh, I swapped them around a lot as I've got to know the songs I have to say. I so, think, I think based on, but I the- think, I think my one and 11, Right. <laughs> okay. See, my one and two, I think I could flip flop. Literally, that's the only two. Everything else is kind of like everything else is good. There's a lot of good stuff, but to me, I have two songs that I think are the absolute best by far. And in my mind right now, I'm like playing which one I should, you know, which one goes first and second, but I, I, I'm i not going to mess with it. I'm just going to leave it how it is. So, uh, yep. All right. So let's hit it. Let's, what do you have, Kirsty, at number 11? I got nothing. Well, I need you to name something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kirsty. It didn't take long for us to have our first match. <laughs> I have nothing. Neither one of us has anything at number eleven. <laughs> nothing. So, okay, that joke's over. Um, this is a Spinal Tap eleven. I'm glad there's eleven. So, 
Number 10, Kirsty. What do you have at number 10? American Pompeii. It didn't take very long, Kirsty, for us to have two matches. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I have number 10, American Pompeii as well. I think I have a, I think my gut is telling me that we're going to have the same number nine. What do you, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm so, I'm so confident. I'm going to say it like this. Kirsty, tell people what we have at number nine. King size. Oh, never mind. Tell me what you have at number nine. (laughs) Okay. King size at number nine. Wow. Okay. Okay. I guess that's because it's so high up on the album. I've always, I've always liked it a little more because it's, Mm -hmm. you know, when sometimes you don't listen to the whole album. You hear it more? Yeah. So. Mm. Well, that's surprising. Okay. I wasn't expecting that. My number nine, I put Bear. I thought it was, like I said, it's a nice way to close the album. And uh, if you're going to do it. And the other two songs disappointed me more. Sure. So. So what do you have now at number eight? Drop the ball. Drop the ball. Well, I don't want to drop the ball here either, Kirsty. So I'm going to just have to tell you, third match, drop the ball at number eight. <laughs> it's pretty damn good right. right now so far. Yeah, this is mad. Yeah. Good thing Matt's not here to ruin it for us. You know? And, you know, he could have been here, but he's not feeling well. But, you know, baby, that's tough. So, so uh, number now, this, I can't imagine we'll have too many more in common here, man. Three three out of an eleven song album's a lot already. I think it is a lot already. So, uh, you said number eight dropped the ball. What about number seven? Riding shotgun. I'm not lying, Kirsty. No, I believe you. <laughs> number seven, I have riding shotgun. <laughs> That's all right. I think I think we'll have a we'll have a few more. Non matches, but yeah, this is really surprising um, to me. So number four, number okay, that's number six, seven, got... six, okay. six tester. Oh yeah, we're definitely gonna have a different. We're definitely gonna be different on that one. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. starting to think it should be higher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My number six is a uh, perpetual motion. Okay. So uh, what do you have at number five? In a zone. Okay, okay. So not quite a match there. So I have at five, I have fueled. Okay. So what you got it for? Perpetual motion. Okay. So it's close. Yeah, yeah. And you had, I have your number five at number four. I have in a zone at number four. Okay. So that's very, very. That's close. Matchy. Yeah. Yeah. So we weren't, I mean, we got a bit mad on my number three, though. Uh oh. I've got bear all the way Whoa, up there. Wow. You know, I was just thinking, oh, you said you went mad. I'm like, what did she talk? Oh, oh, oh whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so number three. Okay. So you might think I've went a bit mad because I have at number three, king size at number three. No, I could see why you'd like it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure exactly what you have left. I know one of your songs that you have left and I know. Yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, let's go with number two. Let's go in order. Cause I'm not sure exactly what you got. Uh, what do you have at number two? Fueled. Fueled at number two. Okay. So I had it at five. You had it two. My number two that I wrote down this morning before we started was tester. Like when I listened to that song and I just thought, yep. I love this song. 
I think it's better than everything else on the album. Maybe. Except maybe one. Ex- except maybe one. So, Kirsty. So, so, we've got a match again. So, tell me and tell everybody else what our number one song on Stomp 442 is. Random Acts of Senseless Violence. Hey, five out of ten. Eleven. That's, that's, that's incredible. Five out of an eleven. And the thing is, here's what's funny. Here's you, me like, I don't even know this album and I don't know where yeah. to start and I've ended up like pretty much matching up with you. Yeah, yeah. As, the only thing you messed up on really, I think, was Bear and Tester. I think you had Tester way too low yeah. and Bear way too high. But other than that, I mean, and King Size a little. No, no, no. You had, uh, what was the one you had lower that I said? Uh, yeah, King Size. Yeah, you had that a little lower than I would think. But, you know, still, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, you had it above nothing in American Pompeii. So, yeah. And those are the ones. Interesting. Like, that, that that really surprised me when you said because I thought based on how you said it I thought ah, we might have nothing in common and then look we had five instead of nothing zero so no nah, but nothing American Pompeii uh, dropped the ball and writing like like when we skipped bear like when you got number nine I'm like okay now it's gonna get weird and then you're like drop the ball writing I'm like whoa and our number one so that's really cool that's really cool so yeah. Well, I'm glad. I hope I hope that you enjoyed the album overall. And I hate to make people listen to stuff they don't like, so or, or ask. Oh yeah, no. Well, I mean, you have made me listen to stuff I don't like before. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to listen to this album that many times again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do it so much just now, but yeah, yeah. Um, but you had a month. Yeah, yeah. Month. yeah, I gave you it because you remember. I remember telling you that I wanted to do. Uh, you gave me a month, but that's when you thought I I knew the ACDC album. Yeah, see, I thought you would have. Yeah, for sure. That's that's just the most yeah. bizarre thing to me still. But, well, although it turned out I didn't know it when I played it, but yeah. Well, the the craziest thing about that though is Matt. He's seen ACDC on every tour since 1990 or 91. And he has never heard, like, I'm like, how is, the, how is there an album by them you haven't heard if they're, if you've, you know, that into them at least. So anyway, um, I want to thank you for your time uh, again. And uh, I know we got an earlier start than we were planning because I, I had a little bit of a uh, snafu with my planning this weekend, but um, I do appreciate you coming on here early and, 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 and helping me out with all this. Oh, and- no worries. Yeah. And, and not, uh, yeah, and thanks for sick. introducing me to another album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm always glad to do that. So I'm, I'll be curious to see if anyone comes on this week, like they did last week and says, uh, they introduced to something new. So I hope so. So it's nice to uh, do that. And the sound of a will not be in the air next week, but it was in the air this month. And I hope people enjoyed the bands with the letter a, and the Willie Valverta. So, <laughs> the A's. So, thank you very much, Kirstie. No worries. Awesome.